1: Zombie etiquette
2: (laughs) Zombie etiquette show
1: (laughs) Maybe this is why no one's dating me
3: Maybe it's just that you don't know how to use social courtesy Oh that's old fashioned
2: Watch how Lizzie Post and damn Post Senate Act as host and hostess They know that courtesy means showing respect
3: Thinking of the other person Real friendliness
1: I was just trying to think of something good to start this one off with, but I'm drawing a blank on this frigid, frigid morning. So Minus six degrees. <laughs> it's ridiculous, <laughs> but we are here for you. Welcome to another episode of Awesome Etiquette, which is very proud to be part of the Infinite Guest Network from American Public Media. I'm Lizzie Post.
2: And I'm Dan Post-Senning from the Emily Post Institute.
1: All right, mister, I'm getting married in five months. Oh! I know your jaw dropped because you're like, oh my gosh, that's real. It's happening. You're getting married in five months.
2: It's pretty exciting and it's starting to really settle in with me. It's crazy. You know, it is. And we talk a lot about wedding preparation. And as I'm finding myself going through it, it's doing what it's meant to do. It's drawing me into the whole experience (laughs) more and more. I'm getting to know Pooja's family better and better as we go through the planning process. We just spent all last weekend together picking out wedding outfits and I'm I'm learning a whole new aesthetic trying to um oh, wow. Avoid choosing a powder blue tuxedo with a ruffled <laughs> shirt front as Glad I try to operate in a whole new that. world.
1: <laughs> well, you've got like Indian options to choose from here.
2: Absolutely. So yeah. I'm I'm both doing my my uh, my first real decision making about owning my first tux, yeah. um, but also yeah, I, I'm not kidding when I say I'm learning a whole new aesthetic. I'm really trying to learn how to make good choices in a, a style that's not so familiar to me.
1: Okay, now yeah. help help your littlest cuz out cuz uh, how how did you know with Pooja that it was her like i'm Ooh. you know me like i'm in the dating world i'm trying to figure all this stuff out you were in the dating world for quite some time before you met Pooja mm-hmm. like what did it? How'd you know? How'd you figure this out? I'll tell
2: you, it was funny because you, you you witnessed our, our early dating. And um, it, it happened... For with, the
1: record, I knew, and I know I've said this in like episode one or something like that. I knew the moment. <laughs> I mean, I knew about it, but Dan was the one living it. And, so. and
2: I really did too. Yeah. I mean, it's so cliched, really? but um, you just it, know. It, she was a possibility from the start. Oh. And then that possibility just continued to unfold and unfold and unfold until it became a reality. Um, but that was one of the things that... that um, it, it was clear because it was clear. And... <laughs> so it really,
1: it really does happen? It like, re- you really do meet somebody that, like...
2: It really does. <laughs> wow.
1: I'm impressed. I'm impressed. And I'm very impressed with Pooja. I love it. Every time she comes into the office, it makes it brighter. and
2: She's such a sweetheart. Yeah, and... it was
1: wonderful having her at Christmas this year. I mean, she... Dan could not have picked a woman who could just, like, fit right in. You and your brother both. I mean, Suze and, mm-hmm. and Pooja both as I shorten their names on our show, but yeah. they both just fit. So like Christmas was a real treat this year, having them both there. And I was thinking, man, these boys just both picked such wonderful women to join our family. Like how'd they do that?
2: <laughs> well, th- thank you for saying so. And I, I couldn't feel, I'm, I'm, I am i could not agree anymore and feel mm-hmm. the same about it. And it, it really is that you say, how did you know it was things like that? She, she gets along so well with my family and fits so well, brings such ease and joy to my life. And, um, Yeah, I consider myself so fortunate. I I can't even tell you.
1: Harder question. Do you think she knew right off the bat? Do you think she just knew?
2: Ooh, I I couldn't speak for her. Oh, you're
1: a good man, (laughs) good man. Don't put words in her mouth. (laughs) Good Good for you. Well, enough about the love lives. <laughs> Let's get to some questions because we have a pretty exciting show today. We do, Today's a little we, different, guys.
2: We have um, a guest who's going to be joining us to answer some questions a little later in the show. And, um, we couldn't be more excited to be hosting our first guest here. He's a fellow etiquette expert, and he's someone I really look up to professionally. Yes. When I when I first met this person, I said to him, "You know, you're who I want to be when I grow up." <laughs> <laughs> and um,
1: wonder how he felt about that. I know I was
2: gushing; <laughs> it was think? so inappropriate, but um. Uh, <laughs> He really is quite good, so stick around, and um, that'll be a treat for a little later in the show.
3: Sure, you're right.
2: There's so much to learn how to do. Sure, there's a lot to learn, but it's worth
3: it. And learning is easy. One way is by watching others.
2: On every episode of Awesome Etiquette, we take your questions on how to behave. And today we have a very special guest. Steven Petro is here with us to help answer some questions and also have a bit of a discussion. Steven writes the Civilities column on LGBT and straight social dilemmas for The Washington Post and Digital Life, a column about digital manners for USA Today. He's also the author of five, count them five, etiquette books. We're so glad Steven's going to be joining us today. This question comes from a listener who wants to know, My husband and I have been friends with another couple for the past few years. I am closer friends with one of them. We like getting together with them, but there is a recurring issue that we don't know how to handle they don't really know how to host. <laughs> they never have enough food or drinks, oh, no. recently had one bottle of wine for six people, oh, no. and they often will order pizza as a snack and ask people to chip in. Oh no! <laughs> it is usually a bit awkward when they inevitably run out of food and drinks early in the evening. We generally bring a bottle of wine, but that doesn't cover everyone. Oh, gosh. This is not a financial issue. I think it's just a holdover from college party norms, though we are now all in our early 30s. How should we handle this whole situation? I know that my friend is self-conscious about her hosting abilities? Aww. Should we plan to bring over extra drinks when we attend? Hop out and buy more when they run out of drinks? and <laughs> Just plan to drink tap water? If she brings up her hosting abilities again, what should I say? Signed, wanting to be a good guest.
3: Oh,
1: good guest. You're a good friend too. But wow, that really stinks. Could you imagine going to a party and being asked to chip in on pizza that's a snack? It's not even your dinner. It's like...
2: And the beverages are running out. And...
1: I, feel, I feel for them. And yeah. that's, that's a really tough situation. Your friend clearly... She, she like you said, she's a little self-conscious about her hosting abilities. so she knows she's not great at this. I would not tell her. Yeah, you aren't. I wouldn't even try to give her specific ideas, but I would. This is OK. This is one of the very few times ever that I suggest this. This is the time to break out. A really good hosting book. Now, obviously, mm-hmm. we have one. It's great get-togethers. My sister and I wrote it. I would definitely recommend it. But if you have a different hosting book that mm-hmm. that worked for you, or that you really like, or that you like the way it's set up, that sort of thing, I would just I would bring it over like the next time you get together with her. Not a- at a party, obviously, but you know, offer to have coffee with her, or something like that. Say, hey, I'd love to get together, and I would bring that book and just say, you know, I remember when you were talking about you know, feeling self-conscious about hosting parties or maybe that stressed you out. And I just wanted to give you this book because it really helped me out or – you know, my friend read it and she got some really great pointers and I just thought this might make it a little easier for
2: you. I I like that sample language because you're, you're so good at that. You're so good at (laughs) finding the actual words, the thing to say. And um, to me, that sounds helpful. And whereas pointing out what's been going wrong might really be hurtful. Couldn't
1: you imagine like the two of them, like sitting down for coffee at one of their, their houses and, and the friend who's, who's the good guest or writer saying something like, well, I just want to let you know that when you do have people over, you really shouldn't have, you know, you shouldn't ask them to pay or you should have, usually you want to think, it does, right. no matter what. When we were yeah. talking about this question, I was like, none of that sounds right. What sounds right is this really helped me when I was mm-hmm. starting to get used to hosting really like people and doing that. And then she'll, she'll get finding. all the answers and you don't have to sound like you experienced a bad time at her
2: house would you go so far absolutely to offer to co-host
1: yeah you could totally do like say hey would you want to co-host together sometimes so that you know you don't have all the pressure on you but you're still kind of learning it or 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 seeing what Mm. i do i don't know that sounds a little like pompous but yeah i might
2: not go that far but it it, it does i think you're finding two very good solutions to a tricky problem it's hard to Give a host corrections. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's and just not what a guest is normally going to do.
1: You know, listen to what Dan and I are doing here. Like we've gone back and forth now a couple times and, and we've tried out language. And, you know, even even the stuff I've said as I'm saying it sometimes doesn't sound right. It's why Dan's like, yeah, no, I might not say that, but mm-hmm. I'd say this. And that's how we figure this stuff out. You know, use the people that you know in your life that make good decisions, that have good judgment, and talk with them and see how something sounds if you're mm-hmm. really unsure. It's it's the nicest gift you can give to the friend who you're trying to help in the end because if you do get it wrong, it, it can really be hurtful or it can come out and you everybody's know, trying, right to, do trying to do People good are things here. People are trying to
2: host, they they're trying to—I ta- mean—they're trying to maintain a friend group that clearly is—is is, yeah. has some. History. They're admitting
1: things they're not great at, you yeah. know. Yeah. So anyway, that would be our advice. I would say get it—you know—find a book that you really love. I do hope it's our book. We would love that. <laughs> um, and I would definitely say um, offer that as a resource for her, and and let her know that it really helped you or it really helped someone you know. Um, and that would, I really hope that you guys can have some, some, haha great get togethers <laughs> together soon. <laughs> Best of luck to you. Awesome. Etiquette gets support from StoryWorth. There are some stories about your mom's life that you truly never get tired of hearing from hilarious to heartfelt, tear jerking to plot twisting. Mom's retelling of the events always brings a bit of joy. Just in time for Mother's Day. Our next listener has a a somewhat unique situation. Rather than figuring out if she needs to re-gift, she's been double-gift. What do you do with this duplicate gift? (laughs) Hi, Lizzie and Daniel. I cannot tell you how much I love to listen to your podcast. I get so excited when I wake up and see a notification that the newest episode is up. It makes my long commute enjoyable. I have a quick question concerning a Christmas present that I received this year. The story goes like this. Two years ago, my best friend, bought me a beautiful mug that I use every day. We actually ended up buying each other identical mugs with each other's initials on them. We lived together during this time and used to alternate making coffee for each other in our mugs, and it really became a special thing. However, this Christmas, I received a gift from a new friend that was the same exact mug my best friend had given me that previous Christmas. My new friend was very proud of her gift and excited to give it to me because she thought it screamed me. (laughs) Little did she know it really (laughs) did scream her. This new friend happens to be someone that I am quickly becoming close with and get along with very well. Should I say something about the mug? Is it not a big deal and I'm making it one? What do I do if and when the two are over for coffee and notice I have two of the same mugs? Or should I I keep this my own little secret. It's a great mug and I have no problem having two, but I don't want to hurt my new friend's feelings that I already have been gifted this before. Thanks so much for answering my question and happy new year. Sincerely, the secret double mug owner. (laughs) That may be our best, like, anonymous name.
2: The double gift from the secret double mug owner. The secret
1: double mug owner. What do you think, Dan? What uh, should she do? A,
2: a couple of things. First, I, I have to acknowledge the introduction to this question. We asked a little while ago for people to let us know how they listen to the podcast and I love that... that People um, are telling us. That we, that we provide you a little bit of respite on your commute because I'll tell you and I have to share this. I am a huge podcast listener. I love podcasts. I listen to a lot of them. One of my favorite is a Patriot football podcast, PFW, and 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 I woke up this morning eager for the Tuesday afternoon. It's the first time I get to hear them after (laughs) the victory last weekend. And I'm literally, I'm on pins and needles. I can't wait for (laughs) noon when the podcast runs. I'll be at work. I won't listen. But I will absolutely, um, on the way home tonight, be be glued (laughs) to it. So I'm right there with you. And I'm so glad that we can play a role like that um, with you. So... To, to your question itself, it, it's a great question, and and I like it because it's on, it's in the cool blue of the etiquette seriousness <laughs> scale, and yeah. what 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 great problems to have friends that know each other so well, you give each other identical gifts, and then the next year someone else gets you the same thing, and it is the thing that you've been loving so much. Um, so clearly there's a lot of synergy, a lot of kismet in this this friend circle, and. I don't think you've got a lot to worry about here. Um, Should you say something about the mug? Clearly you want to thank them for the gift and you could just leave it at that. But you could also you could acknowledge this this remarkable. I don't want to call it a coincidence because not everyone believes in coincidence. Maybe there's something more going on, on here. It's
1: a coincidence.
2: Um, but it's it, it it does speak to how well she knows you. You could even say that. Say you know I got this same mug last Christmas. My absolute favorite thing. I can't believe I got a second one. I've recently chipped one of my favorite coffee mugs. I wish I had a second version of it. So I would say. But
1: it's okay to tell the second friend. Oh my gosh, I have this exact mug, and I'm so relieved to have a, a spare. Like I would, absolutely. Because I would. Ha- I was thinking the other day. I would hate it if this <laughs> thing broke and I couldn't put it together. In, in fact, that's yes. Like, exactly. <laughs> not, not
2: just appropriate. Just say that. It would make me smile. It would put a smile on my face yeah. to hear it. Um, I think that
1: would be per- if, if I had given someone a gift, and you were always going to be a little disappointed if they already have it. But if they expressed it that way, I wouldn't feel bad about it at all. Not a bit. No, and I'd know I was right on the mark because I gave her something she
2: already loved. Exactly. Particularly right? when it is something that you that you I think that, um, that's good stuff. That you enjoy so much. So, Do we,
1: is there anything else you would say to her? But that's pretty. I mean. Wow, that's a short, quick answer. Look it, at us go. It, it is a short, quick answer,
2: and we're glad you enjoy the show. and you know, you might even have some fun with it. If you do have them over, make two cups of coffee and put one in each hand or <laughs> um, but but definitely enjoy it. Have some fun with it. no need to no need to hide it or keep it a secret. And we hope that you keep listening and that you uh, keep taking some pleasure in the show. Good luck. Our next question has to do with a hosting and maybe guesting dilemma. (laughs) It begins. Hello, and thank you for a great podcast. We had a situation come up over the holidays that was puzzling, and I wonder if there could have been a better way to handle it. We were invited to the waterfront home of a person my husband works with for an invitation to view the Christmas parade of ships in the late afternoon. Other guests present were people my husband and the host worked with and then other friends of the host couple. We had some drinks and nice hors d'oeuvres and watched the ships go by. A bit later, the hostess walked up to my husband and a few of his other workmates and asked them to please pass the word around that it was time for the work people to leave because they were going to get started on the dinner party for the rest of the guests. We found our coats, thanked the hostess and quickly left. It was quite the awkward moment after such a nice invitation, especially as it had been a cheerful time up to that point. Mm. Would there have been a way for the hostess to state limits up front in the emailed invitation to put a time limit in effect on the Christmas ship's viewing happy hour? Is there a polite way to chase people out that does not involve asking guests (sighs) to pass on to other guests that it's time to leave? Is there a better way to double book parties such as this? Thank you. LP.
1: What do you think about this? I think all of her instincts are exactly right. This felt awkward because it is awkward. It felt awkward because your host did not handle it correctly. So completely sympathize and understand. And your suggestion at the end is exactly what I would have told your host to do if the host had written in prior to the party. Um, and that is that you want to put a time limit on the Christmas ships viewing happy hour, which by the way, I think sounds like <laughs> the best title to my Christmas ships viewing happy hour. I'm like, I want one of those every week. Um so what I would have done as the host would be to up, be upfront with everyone, say in the emailed invitation that you know, we we are doing a small dinner party that evening. However, you know, that'll be just for a couple guests or a few guests, but we want to invite you all to our are Christmas ships viewing happy hour. (laughs) And then you list it from 7 to 8 p.m. when the ships go by. And then people know that it's over at 8 p.m. And I would go so far also as to serve the dinner probably an hour after that. That way there's enough time. Exactly, Dan, a gap. uh, There's enough time for you to be able to say goodbye. Get people, you know, people get happy when they're, you know, at a cocktail hour. (laughs) They've had a couple drinks. They're long goodbyes That sometimes happen. So you give it that cushion room, but it's clear from the get-go that there is a small party for just friends, but we wanted to invite everyone from the office because we have this fabulous view and we wanted to share this with you for the, I want to say it again, Christmas ships viewing happy hour. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> I, I like what you're doing here because my, my initial reaction to this question is one where I, I, I find myself withdrawing a little bit because it, well, feels, it feels so awkward, awkward. But you're really looking at what the host could do because some people really are – they're generous hosts and they're yes. organizing a lot of events. And if you do have a nice home where you're doing a lot of hosting, you're bringing lots of different people from different areas of your life yeah, together. And, yeah. and so it's not just that you want to not do it, but you do want to do it well. I like that idea of the gap. I like the, the advice about the start and finish times. I'm wondering about the guests here, and this is – the I think Go it's a hard it. question. What would you do as a guest if your host comes up and approaches you and says, could you please um, circulate and ask the people that you know here to leave because we're about to start a dinner party? And I, I – I, I just so sympathize with that guest finding themselves in that situation because you don't want to say you know I really don't think that's appropriate. I'm not comfortable doing that I'm just gonna leave now <laughs> um no, but I
1: might actually do that. I might not go and do the work for the host like yeah. I don't know how I would feel to be honest if, if 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 your mom came up to me at a party and said, Lizzie, could you well that's family so it does even feel a little bit different but yeah. if I was being hosted at a party and and my host came up and said could you ask some of the other guests to leave I might even say to the host in that moment you know I'm not really that comfortable doing that but I'm happy to get my coat to get things going so that people see it's time to go
2: see there you go I, there there you are being um, firm and not not engaging in something you're not so comfortable with but right. also I, I, I like that language of you know I'm, I'm more than happy to, to start the wave let me, yeah. let me see if, if, if I can lead the charge <laughs> <laughs> um,
3: well
1: we hope that that helps and I know that you you definitely Uh, wouldn't host a party this way yourself but I do hope that in the future the Christmas ships viewing happy hour one last time um, (laughs) is going to go a little bit more smoothly for you as a guest and for this host because I'm sure that was a little bit awkward for them as well but best of luck and yeah just remember put start and end dates on those happy hours so that people know when it's time to go our next question is actually one I think a lot of people are going to start dealing with soon when a couple are getting married and they've already lived on their own, so they don't really need any household items, is it okay to give them a gift card wedding shower? If so, how would I word the invitation?
2: I'm gonna take a crack at this one because I am starting to Go get into it. the wedding prep.
1: First, wait. <laughs> first, would you want a gift card wedding shower thrown in your honor?
2: Ooh, I hadn't thought of myself attending a wedding shower. I'm used to the bridal shower, but yeah, no showers um, where guys are there. I, I wouldn't be opposed. No,
1: okay. Um, Cool. All
2: right. Uh, So the answer to the question. Yes. um, Showers are a very particular party because the intent of a shower is to shower someone or maybe in this case a couple with gifts. So the whole purpose of the party is gift giving. And precisely because of that, usually showers are only very close friends and family are invited. They're not big affairs. They're usually still smaller and more intimate affairs than, say, a large announcement party or engagement party. So already you're talking about a smaller subset of friends and family people also have theme showers. So it's sometimes difficult to get around the question of gifts on an invitation. Oftentimes the, the rule is you don't mention gifts on invitation, but for a shower, you might have a theme. This is going to be a kitchen shower, or this is going to be an hour of the day shower, or in this case, a gift card wedding shower. And, and the intent of the invitation is to set people up with for success with the party, and you want to let them know that. So it's perfectly okay to put that on the invitation. In fact, it's important that you put that on the invitation. If you're talking about the detail, um maybe uh, registry information or preferred stores, you might uh, – you, you could put that in the invitation, but you also might wait to get RSVPs to distribute that information or do it in the word-of-mouth way. That would be a little bit more traditional. It's not that you can't put it on the invitation, but you just might want to think about handling it like that also.
1: Yeah, we hear both things at the Emily Post Institute. We hear that people want to go the traditional route of never having an invitation that has mentions of gifts on it and instead wait until the person says, yes, I'm coming to the party, and then you can talk with them Either over the phone or via email, however you requested the RSVP to happen, mm-hmm. um, about what a good gift would be, um, but it, it's also a convenience thing, and a lot of people find it really convenient to receive the invitation and see that the bride is a uh, size ten and that she, you know, loves the color purple mm-hmm. and that, you know, her favorite store is such and such. I mean, whatever it is that helps helps people be able to choose something on their own, people are often very grateful for that information. So um, kind of think about your friends and family and whether they tend to go the more traditional route or whether they tend to go for the convenience. And either way, it's perfectly OK to say, you know, this is a gift card wedding shower. And that's probably going to be the title of your invite. <laughs>
2: go for it. Um, w- w- one other thought. That came up as we were thinking about the question was the idea that when people are giving gift cards, you want to keep the focus on the store that the gift is for, not necessarily a particular amount given. And if people were looking for tips or advice, this is when guests call and you're distributing, you might suggest that they uh, package the gift card or wrap it in a way that when you unwrap it, maybe it's in an envelope with the store name or in a card that makes the store that the card is for really explicit and clear. So Mm -hmm. instead of being, oh, this is such and such for such and such an amount, it's, oh, thank you so much for the gift card from…
1: It might even be something that you store. talk with the bride about and just say, when you open these, we I were like thinking that. that because everyone has such a different budget, that we just wouldn't mention the amount, but instead we'd say what store it was from.
2: That sounds like a much cleaner and simpler solution. <laughs> I really like that. <laughs> I think well, that's smart, best Lizzie. of
1: luck to you, and have a wonderful gift card wedding shower.
2: Our next question is a bit of a follow-up from a previous episode. Our listener wants to know, I'm really enjoying the podcast. I was delighted that after doing wonderful segments on the Dinner Party download, you have expanded to a weekly forum. I'm writing to question the explanation given by Lizzie last week for the congratulations slash best wishes offered to brides and grooms. I grew up in a very large Italian family. My grandmother had 12 sisters, nine of whom had children. So I have been to dozens of weddings, maybe more than 100 since infancy. I was told at an early age to never wish a bride or groom, congratulations. Best wishes, salut, etc., were all fine. The reason is that congratulations was reserved for pregnancy <laughs> and to offer it to a bride was insultingly <laughs> insinuating that she was pregnant. Is this just some weird familial rule, the norm in Italian and Catholic culture, or a more widely followed tradition? Again, congratulations on the podcast. I look forward to it every week. Thanks.
1: Oh, Drew! Our our listener's name was Drew, and he did not ask to be anonymous, so I'm going to say, "Oh, <laughs> Drew, you get." I've never thought of this before. I mean, last week, my my explanation, although I, I know it was confusing to some, was actually more about the fact that you want to be saying the same thing to the bride and groom or that I think you should be. Um, I don't really like it when they differentiate and say that one thing should be said to a man and another to a woman. I think there's times to separate men and women out, but I think there's also times when you don't need it. And this, to me, when I heard it when I was a kid um, and as a young woman, too, was always just like, what the heck? And, um, And it's just the way it sounds in my head. But... I had never once in a million years thought of congratulations as being reserved for babies, for pregnancy. And it totally could be, but I... um I have not heard of this as a wider thing, so it might be particular to your family. It also might be particular to Italian or Italian Catholic culture. Um, I grew up Catholic and had never heard of this, so I don't think it's particular to just Catholic culture. Um, but I definitely think it's one to kind of put in the hat and and keep around for sure. I, I kind of like it.
2: I do too. I, <laughs> I love, kind I of love actually like origins. it the more
1: I think about it.
2: <laughs> and and who, I mean, this 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 might be one of the roots of that particular courtesy and have no
1: idea i really don't we might this might be one that we research further and add as an alt segment later
2: yeah. and and thank you listener drew, drew. for sharing this yeah. with us because it's it's uh, it's definitely a, a detail and yeah. a juicy detail and i and i always love hearing things like I this. Know. Yeah. so
1: unfortunately drew our answer doesn't kind of get you any closer to having an answer <laughs> just lets <laughs> us know that this is now out there and i kind of want to i want to find out more about it i think yeah
2: so Drew, thanks for bringing it up thanks for the follow-up and
1: it's just another thing to consider and that's so much of what etiquette is about is about Mm -hmm. being aware and so having one more way to say oh you know i never thought that this could have those implications i'm so glad i'm aware of it now
2: absolutely and i'll I'll, I'll also say we have a special guest coming in the show we've talked about that and we also have a special etiquette salute and i want you to stick around for the end of the show i hope you do because you're going to be part of that salute (laughs) so take good care and thanks for the question As promised, for our next question, we will be joined by a very special guest. Stephen Petro is here, and he writes the Civilities column for The Washington Post and a column on digital etiquette called Digital Life for USA Today. He's also the author of five, count the five, etiquette books, one of my favorites on weddings as well.
1: I bet that's useful to you right now.
2: (laughs) Stephen, thank you so much for for joining us today. Um, Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to Awesome Etiquette.
0: Uh, Lizzie and Dan, I'm just. So pleased to be here.
1: Oh, it is so great to talk to you. I know we've gotten to work with you in the past, and we are very, very glad to be working with you right now in the present. Well, so we have a, a, a definitely one question that we, we would love your perspective on, um, and if it's okay with you, I'm just going to read it, yeah, and we'll get right let's to jump it. Jump in. Okay, great. <laughs> so Austin writes. Good afternoon. I work for a performing arts organization in fundraising, and as a result, I interact with quite a few older individuals who donate to my organization. As older individuals tend to do, they'll sometimes make comments along the lines of, you'll find out in life that women are always right. Just remember that when you find a girl. Or, you don't have a girl? Well, we need to fix you up then. Well, I certainly appreciate their interest in my well-being and understand their assumptions. The fact is that I identify as a gay man. And therefore have no interest in finding a girl Furthermore, I happen to be in a relationship with a great guy So they don't really need to worry about me finding anyone at the moment By laughing off their comments, which is my current go-to response, I feel a bit like I'm not being entirely true to myself. I understand that it is not everyone's business, and I certainly don't think that everyone with whom I interact needs to know, but these are individuals with whom I'm supposed to develop a relationship. I see them not infrequently, at donor events and receptions, and I don't like the idea of simply continuing to laugh off their jokes about my girlfriend or lack thereof. My concern is not that it would hurt the organization. The individual who brings it up most often would have absolutely no problem with it, I'm sure. My concern is how to politely let them know when I feel it is appropriate— That while I appreciate their interest, I'm simply not looking at the moment. And even if I were, I wouldn't be looking for the individuals they have in mind. I don't want to embarrass or make them feel awkward, but I generally try not to blatantly lie about this aspect of my life. And it seems like I'm verging into that territory. Any advice would be helpful. Thank you so much. And my boyfriend and I love the podcast. Keep up the good work. Warm regards, Austin.
0: That's a really—it's a good question, right? (laughs) It's a sweet letter. It's a great. There are a lot of great questions in here, Mm -hmm. and and I just want to go on record saying I love the podcast too. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, one of the one of the one of the big questions I often get asked myself is, since I write about LGBT issues, how are you know so called gay manners different than? You know, straight manners, mm-hmm. and um, so this question kind of kind of raises that right up at the start. <laughs> yes, because I think that um, all of us, when we've been single, uh, have well-meaning folks who want to set us up, and um, you know. I, Dan, I know you're recently engaged, and I, I can imagine that I'm in the um, clear. <laughs> you don't have a girl. Well, we need to fix you up then. That, um, you know, someone must have said that to you. And,
2: I've heard it more than once. I must admit.
0: You know, and I have to say, it kind of it kind of irks me because generally this happens like in somewhat of a professional setting,
3: mm-hmm. and you
0: know, setting someone up like this—it's personal. So, uh, for everybody, I think you know. Boundaries are important, even though this is a well-meaning ask. <laughs> boundaries, folks.
2: What a great boundaries. reminder!
0: <laughs> um, you know, and he Austin says, you know, I understand that my sexual orientation is not everyone's business. Um, his personal life is not everyone's business. Yep. So that you know, that's that's one one point here. Mm-hmm. The best answer I would have for Austin mm-hmm. would be to bring his boyfriend to an event. Hi, I'd like you to meet so-and-so. My boyfriend. That is perfectly fine, more than perfectly fine. That will answer all questions, and, um, and I'm sure this particular individual would say, that's wonderful, I'm so glad to have met him. So um
2: just just disarm the whole situation by being by being yourself in 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 person in present with this with yes. the people that are probing or questioning.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Now um, you know sometimes there may not be you know let's say Austin didn't have the boyfriend to to bring mm-hmm. and you know and he's still sort of being um nicely badgered about this. There's no reason why he he couldn't say Kindly, you know, thank you so much for thinking of me. Um, you probably don 't know that i 'm gay mm-hmm. um, and uh, and leave it at that I, had, I I took a question like that recently when I was in Washington, and the questioner felt that in some way this was flaunting his sexual orientation. Mm-hmm. He, he used that word and um, you know i, I don 't think there 's an aspect of that it 's just a it 's just a, a statement of fact, just as anyone would say this is who i am and um, that's really what sort of equality is about.
2: So, um, I, 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 pardon the interruption. I, I, sure. I just couldn't agree more. I mean, the, the, this question of flaunting seems so strange to me because the, the our relationships, despite our best efforts to keep our work and professional life separate, come up and they come up in all kinds of contexts. I think it's why it's a really important to have have discussions like this, but to, to talk about how, how it's not flaunting to acknowledge that you have a personal side to your life and, and to feel like you can be honest about that. And and that was definitely sort of where, where the end of this question started to go, where I, I say to myself, we often talk about how important um, honesty is to good etiquette. And yeah.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, and, and the very end of this question, I can see that Austin is, um, you know, he's hesitant to do this. There's, um you know, he's there's um, there's a concern, and um, I just want to say to him, you know, there's no reason to be concerned. You know, you're in a you know you're working for a great organization. It sounds like these are wonderful people. Just be yourself, so and um, and, um, and enjoy having your your partner or boyfriend with you at, at some event.
1: That's something that I was going to ask you because, you know, to me. I, I look at it like, of course, why wouldn't you you bring your spouse or your partner um, to an event, you know, and, and just because you are gay or lesbian or um, bisexual transgender, or transgender, or bisexual, that, poly. that it, it shouldn't be something you feel you have to hide or that you feel might make others uncomfortable. How what What is that like as, as someone who identifies as something other than straight, To have to navigate that territory, because as a straight woman, it's something I never think about. I wouldn't hesitate. If I had a boyfriend, I would definitely bring him to Emily post events that we have. I wouldn't hesitate to think about it. And when we got this question, I remember one of the very first things I thought was, oh, my gosh, like. This this guy has a wonderful relationship and he's being bombarded with, you know, <laughs> offers to set him up with women that obviously it's not going to work. Yeah. yeah. And and it just it just gave me sort of um, a little bit of pause as to like, wow. I don't I I, it doesn't even register with me whether you know it it registers with me whether or not I'm at a point in a relationship where I should be asking a boyfriend to come with me right but not whether or not I should be making it known to my coworkers that you know I'm straight and so (laughs) I mean granted a little different here I do work with my family so they kind of know I'm straight. (laughs) But how I I just when when you're advising people and clearly your advice to Austin is is bring your boyfriend, don't worry about it. How do you kind of get them to believe in and feel comfortable with that when it might be something that they are a little bit more nervous about?
0: Well, let me just also I I love what you just said, Lizzie, and um, especially, you know, your whole family knows that you're straight, they do I know that there are a lot of posts and and Daniel and I have joked that I would love to see a family tree one day, so I guess everyone's related. Uh, oh, but, we will but, do that but, um, but you know, sort of what you get to is that the default assumption also is that everyone is straight, and you know. I don't know your whole family tree. It's possible, actually, that there are some, or there's someone who is LGBT in in the post family, and probably, you know, he or she or they would be assumed to be straight until (laughs) until
1: they came out. Exactly, very true, very Um, true.
0: So, I just want to sort of raise that um, sort of general default that that we have. Um, You know, interestingly, I'm working on a question from my own column um, from a college senior. Um, a woman who has been out on campus and is now applying for jobs and uh, is trying to sort of navigate how to stay. She wants to stay out, but she doesn't, want, she doesn't want to flaunt it in her resume or in her job interviews, nor does she want to lose the job. Um, yeah. And so um, I'm still working on the answer, but the concern is that you won't get a job, and that concern is actually you know, based in, in, in fact, 29 states you can be fired just because you are. LGBT, you know that's what? the mm-hmm. yes, Is that for real? States. Yes. You mean that
1: we've now we're we're crossing no, marriage equality in many states now and we still can fire someone for their sexual orientation?
0: Just for that reason alone in 29 states because there's no federal protection.
2: So, that even, I wish is you could see post. We've got to pick disab- her job off the table Pointing here. Here. Ah, thing I've I know. heard in a long
1: you know, that breaks uh, I'm yeah. sorry. So I'm that, really, you know, I'm, that I'm is, just going to say it. I'm pissed. Concern. That's terrible.
0: <laughs> I know. You know. It, it's interesting, Lizzie, with the emphasis and success of the marriage equality stuff. Um, many of the other um, uh, equality measures have, have really lagged. And um, no kidding. You know. So, like, I live in North Carolina. Now it's legal for um, Jim and me to be married. Yay. I could still be fired here, though, in this state for, for being gay. Oh, my gosh. So, so, so that is a concern, you know, when we're talking about workplaces. No
1: kidding. That, it put, actually, it puts a whole di- – getting back to Austin, it puts a whole different spin. Even though he seems confident that his, his boss would be okay with it, um, right. I-, I could understand the trepidation a lot more now.
0: Yes, so that's the trepidation. And then um, I just saw a study that came out a couple of months ago, and it, it, um, it indicated that same applicant, if they appeared to be gay on their resume, had a 25% less likely chance of getting the same job with everything else being the same. So wow. there still is, you know, there's still bias. So that is kind of the larger um, pool that Austin and others operate No kidding. And, um, and, you know, and for the, I don't know how old Austin is, you know, for those who are, of, um, you know, in midlife, that came, you know, we have come through a lot of this um, LGBT civil rights movement, but we remember, um, you know, how hard it was. And I was actually over at Duke yesterday, where I'm an alum, talking with um, undergrads about how students in the 1960s, mm-hmm. I'm not that old, were... Um, were routinely expelled from the university because they were gay.
3: Oh my gosh!
0: You know, and that um, you know, these undergraduates were like, "Really, Duke?"
3: Yeah, yeah,
2: so, yeah no, and, and he, not that long ago. Like in in your, in your in the lifetime, if you're talking to undergraduates yeah. now, in their parents' lifetimes, or right, even, exactly,
0: uh, and um, and they were reported to the State Department and the FBI. I mean, this, wow, you know, this happened at Harvard before that. You know, so. Um, uh, well, there's a like a, there's a lot of history that that's actually behind Austin's question too. Uh,
1: so we've so we've we've heard your answer for Austin that you think he should his that that if if you were in his shoes you would say you know bring bring your boyfriend to an event let it be known in that fashion. Um, is there anything that if Austin isn't comfortable about that if he still doesn't want his sexual orientation to be something known to his um to to his his work colleagues or or the people maybe not just in the office but the extended donors and such at the mm-hmm. foundation he works at what would you advise him to do cuz his his question is you know if if he isn't ready what what can yeah. he do when people say these things because laughing it off does kind of feel like a lie
0: well you know one of one of the other pieces of advice that that I give is that an individual should come out when he or she is comfortable.
1: Absolutely.
0: You know, and that there's no right time, there's no outside standard, and a lot of times certain celebrities who have come out later in life have been criticized by others because folks think they should have come out earlier. Well, you know, it's yeah. really not our business, right. and and we don't know the personal circumstances. So, right. you know, to Austin or to anyone, it. Own it, you know this is under your control and um and when and if you're ready you know, that's when you should do it now you put yourself in a in a in a little bit of a tough spot if you're not willing to be honest that way and um either you can say you know, thanks so much for thinking of me I'm just not on the market right now, and kind of leave it at that that's not that's um I
1: like that personally i like you know, thinking I'm an not on untruth,
0: the truth yeah, you know. I'm 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 more likely to want to push people towards, you know, sort of that that gray area rather mm-hmm. than saying something that's simply not true to who they are. I think that. We
1: agree completely with that. Yeah. We're not huge fans of, of yeah. lies. Yeah, when you
0: do that, <laughs> it kind of sits in you and makes you feel bad in some way because Right. You know, I know that because I have done that. <laughs> yeah. Um so that would be that would be my response, my response to him um about if he wanted to go that way, but you know there's also the flip side of this. So he works for a performing arts organizations.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, you know, perhaps he's, you know, he's doing fundraising. Being out may be actually a real um, benefit to um, his role in, in working with True. a larger group of donors and being able to connect with them. So sometimes the initial response is, oh, being gay is, you know, it's, it's a negative when in many workplaces now it's seen as a positive. Having diverse workforce places is really good for business, and, um, and I think in this case, likely so.
2: Amen. Amen. Well, I
1: like it. Austin, we really hope that that answers your question, and thank you so much. I have to just give a shout-out to Austin on his own because he waited so very patiently for an answer while we tried to figure out what, what week would be best to talk with Stephen. Um, and Austin, I appreciate your patience, and we truly hope that whichever, whichever you decide, whether you decide to, to come out to your organization or whether you decide to um, hold off and let that be a private part of your life, we hope that you can handle the situation with confidence now and um, we're very grateful to Stephen for for helping us to answer this question
2: and Stephen we're hoping that you would be willing to stick around and help us with another tricky question how how would you feel about that
0: I'm having a good time (laughs) okay good. good
2: So our, our our next question was um, also kind of a tricky one, and I'll be curious. I'll be curious what you think of this one. It begins. Hi, you two. First, the podcast is just fabulous, and really, it should say hi, you three. I listened to you it didn't when I know I'm cooking. that
1: Steven was going to be on <laughs> no. the show.
2: All right. Okay. It begins. I listen to the podcast when I'm cooking dinner. It always brightens my day. Yay. Second. I have a slightly embarrassing question to ask. After many years of debating this, I recently had surgery done on my nose. The procedure corrected a medical problem, and it's nice to be able to actually breathe. (laughs) And I've elected to have cosmetic work done at the same time. I love my dad, but as a woman in her late 20s, I didn't love having his nose parked in the middle of my face. (laughs) My closest family knows about this surgery, but for a variety of reasons, I've chosen not to tell anyone else. I'm still recovering from the procedure, but will be back at work soon, and I'm nervous about seeing coworkers, friends, etc. My question is this. I think the change to my face is pretty noticeable, and I suspect at least some people wonder what has changed. Is it rude for me not to tell them? If they ask why I look different or if I got a haircut, etc.? must I explain? Many thanks.
1: Oh, this is such a tricky one. I've thought about getting a nose job. Really? Totally. Yeah, I've got the – Pete and I both have the same little bump in our nose, right – Right, just over by the bridge. And, yeah, I've definitely thought about having one of those cute little aqualine noses. <laughs> like, yeah, everyone, I think anybody who wasn't born, I've, and I have friends who have little noses who are like, oh, I've always wanted a bigger nose. You're like, why? <laughs> but, no, it's it's true. You definitely think about it. but um uh, what always uh, just stops me personally is—is is this how do you handle the change and and that moment when everyone has changed and they are going to talk about it? They're going to notice it. Like she says, this isn't a small thing. It's—it's it's not an unnoticeable. Just plain as the
2: to... nose on your face.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> um. I'm, I I don't know. I personally, I go in the camp of honesty, own it. You can't deny that it happened. It did happen. But um, how far you want to talk about it, I think is is up to you. But personally, I would say, own up to it, but leave it at that. Oh, yeah, I got a nose job. And then just leave it at that. Or like, oh, yeah, I had I had work done. And while they were in there, I had them, you know, correct this, that or the other thing, too. Mm -hmm. Um, I say just leave it at that. And then just Just, like, move on. So, do you have that report for Mm so-and-so? You know? Mm -hmm. I don't know. What would you guys do?
0: Dan, have you considered um, changing your nose?
2: Boy, all of a sudden I am. I've got the post bump, too, but I never thought of it as... No, you
1: have the sending nose 100%, man. Because I think your Uncle Bert, your dad... Yeah, it's true. You're you, like you're a young man compared to the two of them, but you definitely have your dad's nose for yeah. sure.
0: There's noses everywhere. There's
1: noses everywhere. Everyone does have one. <laughs>
0: well, You know, I I don't know if you if you know. Um, maybe this is why you wanted me to be on this for this particular. Question, did you
1: have but... a nose job? Are we about to get a confession on our show?
0: <gasps> um, I did not have a nose job. Oh, that, I but, got really uh, excited,
3: <laughs> Stephen.
1: But
0: no, but. <laughs> Um, last year in The New York Times, I wrote about having an eye job. Oh. And um, it was part of, um, it was part of a piece about the search for eternal youth. And, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and it got a lot of response, and then it got picked up by the Daily Mail in, <laughs> in London. Oh fun. <laughs> However, they kind of um, so they kind of skewered me. Of course they did was like the most vain man in America.
2: No, oh Stephen
0: and um, and, the then, worst. and then they pulled these pictures of me from the web and did all these close-ups like they and they zeroed in on my nose and I'm going to say it right here on the podcast. my nose does um, tilt a little bit to the left and so a lot of, there were hundreds of comments and like, well, why did he get an eye job? He really needed to get own job. <gasps> they
1: did not.
0: They, oh, they those did. trolls.
1: I can't believe it.
0: So, um, so I actually did a follow up piece in The Times just recently it was when Renee know? Zellweger's new face was debuted. Right. And, and, you know, and I said, you know, people stop. Being in involved in other people's business. Stop
1: being you know, so
0: nosy. stop being so nosy. You stole my line, Lizzie. But really, um, you know, I think you know on the public stage, that's that's one that's one way to look at it. But you know, for those who have a colleague or a friend who has some work done, it's really um, it's a medical procedure, and generally, it's not it's not nice to ask about medical procedures. Yep. It's Agreed. It's a question as to whether the individual wants to disclose. What he or she did, but um, I always, you know, say to say to folks, you know, don't ask um, unless you're told. Um, again, I
2: think that's really sound advice.
0: Um, <laughs> but now you 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 got the whole confession out of me, Lizzie. You're a very good interviewer. Ooh,
1: I like it.
2: Well, and, and apparently, <laughs>
1: I also like your bravery for going after it because I think so. as as we age. I think we all do. It's a, it's a change in identity. I mean, I do not look like the, the four-year-old girl that I was, you know, as a little kid. And I'm not going, at 80, I'm not going to look like the 32-year-old that I am now. And I think that when you you live with your face for a really long time and I think you should be completely happy and confident in it and we live in a day and age where there are ways that you can change it if you see fit and I think that people should do that if they want to.
2: I couldn't couldn't agree more and, <laughs> and just to, since we're being confessional I about 2 years ago had the LASIK surgery and I didn't think of it as a cosmetic choice at the time I just wanted to see but I don't wear glasses anymore. You're and not I wore glasses, glasses for 20 anymore. Yeah. years and it really did change my appearance and I I, I walked out of the building thinking, you know, that was elective. Like I, I could say it was medical, but it wasn't medically necessary. I chose to do it, and it really changed my appearance. And and, look, um,
1: and now after. he's getting look, married. No, I'm now just you're just kidding. Married. I'm
0: just <laughs> totally <laughs> kidding.
1: <laughs> I know we're going to get comments for that
0: one, but whatever. I know Dan is going to wind up in a Lasik commercial. <laughs> right.
1: But, but in answer to our, our person's question, I do think that no matter what, if you're going to be – Uh, You know, if this change is as drastic as you say it was, if it's pretty obvious that this is what had happened, if you're not going to tell anyone, you need to prepare yourself for the whispers Mm -hmm. because you're going to hear them. Mm -hmm. You are going to. And it's just important for you to prepare yourself to deal with all that.
0: Yes. And and I think you're absolutely right, Lizzie. And and being prepared about what you're going to say if you're going to say something ahead of time is, is also wise and, you know, how far you want to go? You know, I had a medical procedure to correct such and such. Yep. Right. End of discussion. Yeah. I you know, agree. I talking About this new PowerPoint that's so exciting.
2: <laughs> oh, and aren't they exciting? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> David, th- thanks again for your help with that question.
0: Anytime. You hear that?
3: She says you're not as rude as you used to be. What do you know?
1: Thanks to everyone for sending in your questions. You can submit your question to awesomeetiquette at emilypost.com. You can also send them in via Facebook and Twitter. Just use the hashtag awesomeetiquette so that we know you want your question on the show. So as we've gone through our show today, you've listened to our wonderful guest, Stephen Petro, and we asked him if he would stick around a little longer for our alt segment today just to talk about life as an etiquette expert. I mean, we are in a very small pool of of people with this job profession, and it is kind of a, a strange thing. Stephen, I'm sure that you run into the problem that I've talked about with Dan millions of times, which is that anytime you go anywhere and you say what you do— the next thing is you turn into everyone's private etiquette coach. Oh, I have a question for you. And in, in your brain, I'm sure you also just go, Oh, I bet you do have five more after it, too.
0: <laughs> and I've got a book to sell you. Mm-hmm. I know.
1: Oh God, that's a good line. Oh, We're gonna need to boy. use that. <laughs> but how? What is it? What is it like for you? And you? You definitely kind of uh, have. You, I mean, you're an etiquette expert across the board, but you also do have this wonderful niche of of sort of being a, a um, LGBT. Uh, etiquette expert. I almost said wedding etiquette expert, and I was like, no, just etiquette expert. Mm-hmm. And um, and sort of tell us about what it's like in your world as as an etiquette expert.
0: Well, you know, I often get asked the question, like, how did how did I become an, an etiquette expert? Sure. Myself? And it, it, at least you guys have a really good genetic answer. <laughs>
1: what? We just, you were born into it. I don't know. <laughs> I couldn't
0: avoid it. Yeah. What's your excuse? <laughs> And, uh, you know, I I often joke and say, well, yes, when I was eight years old, that's what I wanted to become. (laughs) I like that one. A a complete untruth. Right. Um, You know, the the, closer to the truth is that um, I have been a journalist for a long time. And Mm -hmm. most of the um, major etiquette experts um, going back 100 years sort of shifted over from journalism and i believe that's oh, wow. true of emily post um mm-hmm. judith martin um had been a had been a journalist at the washington post and um so it's a little bit um i think the curiosity of the world that i um that uh, oh i, I love talk that. about and then i don't know about you guys some effort to impose order in a world <laughs> that is very confusing to me uh, and to others and um
2: well, I'll tell you this. One of the things that really drew me to your advice is it's it's so grounded in um in values. And yes, it's, it's ethical, it's moral, it's uh and and that's really the framework that we operate from at, at Emily Post. And it's one of the reasons I was so looking forward to having you be, be part of this discussion. When you talk about holding the line and both uh, having a curiosity about the world, which I think is such a such a, a, a trait to cultivate in oneself, but then also to have um a sense of some responsibility to the world, I think is all. Also an important part of it, and and I, I really appreciate that perspective as well.
0: Well, likewise, likewise, Dan. And can I toss up a question for the three of us that's related? Yes. And you know, because I I sometimes say, well, you know, I'm an etiquette maven, and I don't I don't really know whether maven is feminine or masculine. <laughs> it sounds feminine to me. But you know, Daniel, being a guy in this business mm-hmm. seems a little different than Lizzie or Peggy. Um, yep. Uh, What do you you think about that, Dad?
2: I I, I chose two professions in the world where um, (laughs) uh, I I find myself sort of strangely in in the minority. I worked in professional dance where you have many fewer men than women and now in the etiquette profession where Mm -hmm. oftentimes people do – um, a- Emily got started in this field because people assumed as a woman that's what she would be writing about. <laughs> I mm-hmm. say she applied her her intelligence to her area of agency, the social sphere. And it's true today when the producers for National television are looking for people to talk about etiquette. They gravitate to the women in the family. And I really give a lot of credit to my uncle Peter. He was the the man that, that cracked the nut, so to speak, who said, you know, I can be an etiquette author too. I can be a part of this tradition. And um, I, I really appreciate the – I may, might even call it trailblazing work that he yeah. did in generation four, saying that, that that this is not just the territory for the women in our family, but that the men can do this work also.
1: And he also I, I remember him saying, you know, kind of giving you the the warning speech of this is going to be hard. They are going to ask for the for the girls, meaning my sister and me, over you and there are times when even if it's your bailiwick when if it's your you know category that you're really strong at they'll still want that female voice and that's a really hard thing because Everything Dan has to say is just as valid, just as strong. He's a very good looking guy. So it's not like you wouldn't want him on camera or on your show. And that it is one of those inequalities that happens the other way. I mean, we mm-hmm. you know, you you talk about feminism, you talk about that inequality, um, and that can happen in the other direction. And this is one of the very few fields where that happens in.
0: Yeah, that's, that's very true. And I just want to do a call out to your book on online manners, Dan, and, you know, Great book. First book in the field. So useful. So... um
2: and 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 I'll I'll do the similar callback nope. the the nope. column in USA nope. Today. Brilliant! <laughs> really nice to see it on the national platform. Mutual admiration
1: society. I know we're all members. And
2: I'll tell you, I, just as a, a way to start to walk us out the door, one of um, our great listeners suggested that we call this segment "Social Studies." And oh. who did I, that?
1: I missed that. I, I, I did not see that comment. I want to see that comment. I, I think
2: it's absolutely brilliant because social um, studies. I, I like the idea of a discussion that's about how we are as social beings and creatures oh. and. Uh,
0: I like that phrase. (laughs) Um, I would like to be a good guest and... reciprocate your hospitality today and invite the two of you to join me on one of my Washington Post live chats in the next couple
1: of we weeks. We would love that. that I would so enjoyed this and we can,
0: we can take it to another, into another audio.
1: I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it.
0: Looking forward right. to it all. Yes, already. in other words, we are
1: RSVPing yes and we're RSVPing <laughs> yes right now. <laughs>
0: thank you for RSVPing, period.
1: Exactly. <laughs> Stephen, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. We think your advice is absolutely invaluable and we really hope that we can um, have more guest visits from you in the future.
0: I would love that and we'll see you soon. Yes, we'll see you soon. Thank you so much, DV. All the
1: best to you.
3: Social courtesy does pay, doesn't it?
1: Thanks. Each week, we like to end our show on a positive note with an awesome etiquette salute to someone or a group of people who are out there making the world a nicer place. Dan, who's our salute to today?
2: Our salute today, we're going to break our own rules just a little bit. We, we try not to give salutes to people that, that we know too often.
3: Internally. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, we, we really like to get our salutes from you, our listeners. But today, our salute is going to you, our listeners, and particularly yeah. to that subset of listeners who, who have contributed to this show. And that's the folks that have sent in your questions, which we really appreciate. We thrive on them. The show couldn't happen without them. Absolutely. But also all of the comments and the feedback that we get, both in our email box and on social media, Lizzie and I really do appreciate everything that you send our way. It um, it, it lets us know that you're out there and it makes the show better. And we we love hearing from you and we appreciate that you take the time to, to give us that feedback. So we really want to thank you, our listeners, and particularly that group of listeners who continue to inform and educate us along the way.
1: Well, and to engage with us. I yeah. mean, the nicest thing in the world for us is to know that you're listening and to know that you care. And, um, you know, even when you send us something that you didn't like, it lets us know that you care. Well, Dan can say particularly. I might not say particularly. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm just a little bit more sensitive, that's all. But it is mm-hmm. it is true. We appreciate that you care and you care enough to write in and that you do um, you get something out of this show. And that's what we always believed it was there. And we're so grateful to American Public Media for giving us the chance to then explore whether it's there. And you all did us the wonderful service of writing in and proving to the world that etiquette matters and that what what we say makes an impact on your life and we're very grateful for that
2: and we're getting close to our 20th episode we're hearing from people all over the world and i i, I couldn't say it I know, any better right? than lizzie just said it we're so grateful for all of you so thank you for what you do
1: like we say you're out there hopefully making the world a nicer place because this matters
3: to you well now uh, wasn't that better Look at the effect of a little politeness.
1: that's our show for today thank you for listening thank you to our wonderful guest Stephen Petro for being on the show we hope you have a wonderful week and that your knowledge of etiquette was expanded and that you will check out Stephen's columns and books because they truly are excellent resources uh, remember that we would love to hear from you so send us your questions your etiquette salutes and your suggestions to awesome etiquette at emilypost.com if you like what you hear we want you to tell the world so tweet it Facebook post it and of course you can always subscribe on itunes and leave us a review this is no be quiet and listen podcast we want to hear from you you can find us on facebook we the emily post institute on twitter i'm at lizzie a post and i'm
2: at daniel underscore post
1: or you can visit our website emilypost.com our wonderful theme music was composed by my dear friend bob wagner